What's up, folks, to, I guess, a, a somber edition of Hitting the High Notes Jazz Talk. It is I, Hootran. You can find me on the Twitterverse, at Hootran Superman. Uh, we are recording, uh, you know, a crazy night of basketball. Uh, we've had two Game 7s. We had uh, two games tonight that were really crazy. And all when it's all said and done, the Jazz were a couple inches away. From um, um, beating the Nuggets and heading into the second round, but alas, the Jazz 2019-2020 uh, season uh, comes to an end. Uh, first off, I want to introduce some uh, Mr. Go the Distance 49. Uh, when I say that, I, I I always in my head I I sing to myself Hercules. Some uh, you yeah. can go the distance. Hey man, that's what's supposed to evoke. That's that's the whole point. There there you go. <laughs> um, uh, what's up, Jared? Uh, I'm good, man. I'm good. How are you doing? Uh, a little tired. Uh, I, I took a nap before this, and so I'm, I'm trying to like bring up the energy, you know, to 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 get this uh, to get quality podcast content out here. Uh, Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Yes. And before we go on, I wanted to also introduce some uh, hosts of the Sasquatch Sports 2.0. And you know what? Honestly, probably my eventual replacement on this um, uh, podcast here is Mr. Logan Cox. Logan, thanks for coming on uh, for some late night, um, uh, um, you know, podcasting. Yeah, you know, it, it's striking late. I hear your voice, and you're making references to a couple of inches, and I thought that it was we were Sasquatch time. I know. So, uh, <laughs> I, I was really hoping uh, to. He's, I, getting, I, I, he's I, going hairy. I bit my tongue. Yes, I didn't. I didn't. I not jump in. Usually, if I hear two inches like that that early, I'll jump in. And, uh, it's a different different program. Different program. Yeah, we we, we need a mark on here to to really um, uh, to um, push that through. So. I don't care what Mark W, uh, Mark H, you know, it doesn't really matter. So Mark, uh, oh, Marky Mark. Yeah. yeah. Um, Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch. Yeah. Uh, Jared, um, uh, you know, they say football is a game of inches, right? Um, and I know we've already made the inch joke, but my, my, like basketball, the NBA, sometimes it's a game of just like, you know, just moments. Uh, I, I Again, we've talked about how the eight second violation of game one, how that could have changed things. Uh, I, I mentioned, um, uh, yeah, and Donovan Mitchell also mentioned this in his post game yesterday. How he's like, you know, there's an eight second call in game one, but also Jamal Murray just goes ham in, the, in that last minute and overtime of that game. Uh, in game five, the Jazz, again, once again, in a game five, in an elimination game, game five, the Jazz had a double digit lead in the second half. And, you know, this time Jamal Murray just um, exploded for it. It felt like 30 points in 18 minutes. Hmm. Um, game six, um, uh, it's, a, it's a game of like you know just not matching uh, the same urgency and energy as a team that's um, has their backs against the wall. And game seven is just you know one call, one bounce. Um, uh, you know things just don't go your way there. Um, how are you feeling as a Jazz fan, um, uh, knowing that the Jazz um, uh, you know had almost every opportunity to win the series, a lot of opportunities to win the series, and couldn't um, uh, get it done. Well, I feel like, um, generally speaking, it it kind of speaks to the uh, inconsistent nature of the team we saw this year. And, you know, I mean, it was really evenly matched series, it felt like. Um, We really saw Jamal Murray come into his own and look really good. And we saw Donovan do the same. It was, uh, I don't know, it was a lot of fun. Honestly, I enjoyed that series um, for 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 a series that we lost, I enjoyed the series more than 
a lot of series that we've lost. I think most of the time things for me would end on a really sour note and then I'd be <laughs> uh, unhappy uh, with how things went. And um, I kind of felt, I don't know, I'm just thinking back to that Warriors series uh, where they swept us and then the Rocket series where we just kind of got manhandled uh, to an extent. In some of those games, it, I don't know. This one just it felt uh, it felt different because it felt a lot more evenly matched, and you know I think that's why it ended up going seven games. And the Nuggets got hot and they dug themselves out of a hole, and you know were able to win four straight or three straight. Yeah, props to them, man. It was it was a big, it was a it was a really fun, hard fought series. Yeah, um, uh, like my my the gamut of emotions was. Jazz have, you know, shot the tie, tie or take the lead in the last, like, 15 seconds. Um, you know, Donovan gets the ball poked away. Um, he's laying on the floor. Uh, the Nuggets miss the layup. And then, you know, the Jazz had the ball with seven seconds left going without a timeout. So they have to go to the length of the court. But, like, man, I'm just, like, watching, like, like boy, if this goes in, this is going to be one, you know, this is going to be up there with that John Stockton shot. You know, the, they were, like, just that close. To you know, you know, cemented themselves. Was, um, it was uh, a wild moment, man, and it, it looked yeah. like it was going down for a second. Did you guys enjoy that more though? I mean, the, the thing with the NBA often is it gets so watered down with timeouts at the end of the game to where it, just, it stretches right. out, and it was. I mean, there's obviously anxiety because it happened so quick, and they and the Nuggets didn't call a timeout for reasons beyond me, and then the Jazz obviously had none left. It was just it was it was so quick and so fast. Um, yeah, I don't. It was it was very I'm, very anti. I'm not a big anti NBA, you know. Yeah, I'm not a very uh, big set play guy. So, I mean, foul all the fouling and stuff at the end kind of kind of gets boring yeah. sometimes. I mean, it, um, it is what it is. I mean, it's set up for it's like it's because you know why it's drama, right? Like absolutely. You, you, you go you go into a big moment and like it's not like you're not pausing for a commercial break. You're not pausing to to wait like like right there. That, that, that's that, that was what I I think I. It was like seven and a half seconds exactly when Rudy Gobert grabbed the ball because I remember looking at the clock going, "Oh yeah, seven seconds. They can get down. They can. They can. They can get a good shot." And they did. They, you know, I mean, that was just yeah. Conley you know, got a great look. Like he really got yeah. a great look. Like I, I, there was a little bit of I saw a little bit of stuff on the internet about some of his, some of the people thinking you should throw to Donovan. I don't know the angle or what happened, but that was a hell of a look. Uh, yeah. It was a, it was it was a really good look, all things considered, and it, because it was very anti NBA from like the fact that it wasn't stopped seventeen times. I, I don't know what you guys felt but when he missed the shot and it was over. It felt like it wasn't really over yet. Like it took an extra bit of time to digest that it was that we were actually yeah. done because it was yeah. just it was it, it, it's not the way an NBA game usually ends. And then you're like, oh well, I, I don't know. Maybe in my mind that's why it just didn't quite sting as bad because it was just it was so shocking. It's like okay, now now we get our possession right. They're still like. I don't know. It was just it was it was a, it was a weird ending, but it was it was a great it was a great look. And have you guys seen the one where there's a bunch of, been a bunch of screenshots of it where they show Donovan with his hands up, and they show the ball like halfway down in the cylinder. yeah. And I was yeah, like, oh yeah. my gosh, like very much. Uh, I don't know. It was well. It I was saw intense. the. Did you see the one comparing that to the Swaggy P rattling in and out? I'm just like, how is that even remotely the same? Like, <laughs> that's like yeah. I mean, as an NBA fan, like I'm, uh, I, I, I've heard it from almost everyone nationally. Like that was just, just, I mean, it was okay. Also, the game was 80 to 78. All right, so yeah, that was, that was wild, man. <laughs> that fourth quarter, the defense really tightened up. Like, uh, I mean, fourth quarter. I mean, just all game, whole, like, whole, whole was, game. Both, it was like 50, yeah. 50, 50, 50, It was like I think when I checked the score. 
on the phone before I got back to the house. It was like 58-59 in the third quarter, and that was almost that was like an early second quarter score. Yeah, that's for, very uh, true. A bunch of games in this series, so yeah. it was it was definitely different. But that's what you expect from a seven. Um, yeah, right. Uh, Just yeah. Logan. Uh, I want to give you some uh, – because you, you didn't predict this, but you really made a good point um, uh, before the the playoff, or the bubble playoffs started that this is a different atmosphere um, and that momentum could really swing things. Uh, and like I, Bobby Marks, after the – I want to say the Jazz went up 3-1. Bobby Marks even tweeted out something like, um, uh, hey, you know, of all the years to come back from a 3-1 or even a 3-0 – this would probably be the year because there's no travel time. There's only uh, you only get one rest day between games. There's no there's no home court energy, which I'm uh, uh, at NBA Sarah was talking about pregame at Game Seven. Like you just don't get the crowd energy, so you got to find it within. And um, um, so, how, how do you feel about like the the bubble play and like you know I know a lot of Jazz fans after three one were already kind of like marking the ticket for the next round and. You know me. I, I'm very cautious about using the, that type of terminology. I try to use if statements instead of when statements, you know. Um, mm -hmm. What do you think about this bubble atmosphere and, and you know, and, and, and all these series could could, could um, uh, be like this Jazz one where a team gets up 2-0, 3-0 and lose a series? Yeah, I think that um, it's – and the Jazz almost had a swing in their direction where we lost one and we almost – we nearly won five in a row right i mean we could have won game one and then there was, if we would have just closed it out in in five we would have had it almost worked in our favor and then it was just it's just a, it's a very unique set of circumstances and mine you know was a guess that it may be able to swing that way um and i, I was listening to some when I, you guys did your last pot, podcast with uh, aj right um yep. he made some interesting points that i hadn't thought about and that was like because we see some of his point totals just jumping through the roof and we see some of these things he made that he made reference to the fact that you know, if, if they play like this next year, some of these some of these guys are going to average 50 points a night. And uh, and then after I, he said that, I started seeing you know the TNT guys made a reference to similar things, and people have made a lot of uh, a lot of reference to that. Um, and I'm not really sure where I land on it because I mean, it, it, if that, that may be true, but at the same time, I feel like we're getting at least more entertaining basketball. Um, and th there's always a lot to be said for travel. And home arenas, I mean, home court advantage is not just an NBA exclusive thing. It's it's a huge thing in the NFL and a lot of other sports because of the emotion of the crowd. Um, but it's, 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 I don't know, I guess maybe it's been a unique pause. I wouldn't be opposed to seeing it again just because I think it's a, it's just an interesting way of it's – not, it's not the basketball we're used to seeing. I mean, there was a moment where Donovan in, I don't know which game, five or six, he was at the free throw line in crunch time, and I could hear him bouncing the ball on the court. You could hear it thumping against the wood, and it was just so surreal to realize you're right. These guys are in a gym with with not many other people there, um, and it's just I don't know. It's something we, none of us will ever forget. I, I've enjoyed the, seeing the closeness of the games and the back and forth and the hot streaks. Um, you know, I mean, it's it, like you said, the Nuggets caught the Nuggets caught fire there, and you said no travel, no changing of courts, but also the every other day scenario. I mean, there's no chance to really think about it. They're they're really stacking the games up uh, quickly. And it's uh, I don't know it's been I've I've enjoyed it to, to, to watch it and it'll be it will be interesting to watch how the rest of it plays out uh, and as Jared mentioned earlier it was pretty much as, as far as a jazz fan goes that I mean that was that that was a perfect just uh, sample size of the jazz this season get really hot look unbeatable and then all of a sudden just can't seem to put anything together and just scratching your head it was just everything in a nutshell.
Yeah. Yeah. I fall on the side that I'm, uh, um, you know, I think the Jazz uh, sometimes, um, you know, the other team just, you know, again, just plays a little bit better. And that's that's why you lose. Like, it's, it's so funny to watch because I talked about this story, you know, how the Jazz fans mood after game one, the Jazz fans moves after game four, and the moods um, after game six were just so up and down because, I mean, you know, it's a fan thing. And I, I don't blame anybody for going through that roller coaster. I mean, that's, that's you know, how a lot of fans feel it. Um, They're in glass and, case of emotion, man. Yeah, yeah. but I mean, that, 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 that's true. But it, it felt like this was, I mean, yeah, there's always the roller coaster, but this team was like a, just a much more dramatic roller coaster than I can remember. Um, there's there's just, I don't know, there's been some, un, not to, to get hot and to get cold are not unlike the Jazz, especially when that Christmas road trip hits or any road <laughs> trip historically hit, right? For, right. But it was just, I don't know, this was definitely. I mean, this um, is. Up and down. This was amplified. Well, they went 19 of 21 at one point, and then yeah, then we can't beat we can't beat the Rockets without any of their guys. And yeah, and the uh, they were lost exactly five in a row with nobody. I was gonna say this is the same team that won like 19 in a row and had two five separate five game losing streaks in the same season. So it's the same exact team. Yeah. Um, uh, so and I find it interesting because like you know as Jared was mentioning earlier that hey I'm uh, this loss doesn't sting as much as the last. So the last three years we what. The Jazz lose to the, to the uh, Rockets twice, and the Warriors of a once in in really bad fashion. And this is the year that the Jazz went hunting. They went they went hunting the Nuggets because they felt like it gave them the best chance to win uh, a first round series, and it did. I mean, I I I don't think I disagree with that statement. Um, I I do think um uh, uh it was interest an interesting like you know do we learn a lot from the series? Like I said before the playoffs, like I don't know what the Jazz are going to learn if they beat the Nuggets or if they lose the Nuggets in the first round. Um, obviously, I didn't expect uh, Donovan Mitchell to just go supernova. Um, but, the, Jared, what do you think? Do you think the Jazz gained anything from this experience by losing to the Nuggets as opposed to, say, you know, going the distance with the Rockets or maybe even uh, going the Rockets? <laughs> yeah, okay. pun intended. Hey, yo. <laughs> um, uh, what do you think there, Jared? Well, um, I would say that um, I mean, if you if you look at the, the seven games as a whole, the totality of things, it really amplified how the bench was such a weakness, and that George Niang being like, I don't even I don't know, was he the first forward off the bench? I'm um, sure he was uh, number seven. You know, Jordan yeah. and him were the two mainstays off the bench. So, yeah. Do we believe? And, do we do, do we believe that? George Niang is an NBA player. We think he's a 12th man, in our opinion. In our opinion, I think I think who and I had this discussion the other night on uh, Sportscaster, which uh, if you if you guys want to check out that platform, it's actually pretty cool. You can actually commentate on games and stuff like that live. It's kind of awesome. Anyways, uh, so basically the. I feel like George Niang, if his minutes were replaced with, say, oh, I don't know, Mo Harkless or something. Um, yeah, I feel like the Jazz definitely gained some clarity, but I, I don't think that that um, you know that Justin Lizanic and Dennis, Dennis Lindsay hadn't already noticed what the what the problems slash deficiencies were, and where they needed to shore things up. Um, it feels like, Je- you know, Jeff Green not working out kind of hurt us. And then, I mean, people people are talking about Moutier and, and uh, oh, man, 
Ed Davis. Yeah, Ed Davis not working out. I feel so bad. I know Ed Davis. <laughs> I mean, um, everyone I, knows an Ed. Everyone knows an Ed Davis. Is it the Ed Davis or just an Ed Davis? There's probably no. Like no, but I mean, like no, but I mean, John I, Smith or a, a Corey yeah, Jones. Yeah, but, but you know what I mean. I mean, uh, you know, it's almost like you forget he's on the team because like, we never uh, see him I mean, anymore. We didn't cut that guy. He's, he's, he's playing for the Rockets. <laughs> Ed, Davis is in the, Ed Davis is in the George Yang spot. So, um, Logan, I mean, let's throw the question back at you. I mean, do you think George Yang is anything more than, you know, the last guy on the bench? Or is he someone that could be a rotation player for a team? Uh, I know we have some friends, especially within the co-op, who who, who love themselves some George for, for various reasons. But the guy, he's, he's a rotation player. He's not a rotation player for a team that's trying to accomplish something and be a contender or borderline contender. I don't yeah, – he can be a rotation player uh, I agree for with a, that. A, a, a bad team. Uh, but Yeah, I, we can I, send I, him to the Hornets or something. Yeah, for sure. He, he might be the – he's the seventh <laughs> man for the Hornets. Um <laughs> But uh, I, I mean, to, I'm going I'm to hijack some of Jared's question too. See, I have some, I, I do have some confessions to make. Like, I have not been as, I, I haven't watched as many jazz games. Uh, I didn't watch a single jazz game inside the bubble until the playoffs happened, and then there was some other ones. That, and I was, I was kind of just writing the opinions of what I was reading on Twitter. Uh, and Jared, uh, don't, don't Jared, worry about Jared, it, Jared, Jared rightfully called me out. Uh, so there were a couple <laughs> things that I, <laughs> there's a couple things that I, I did learn by watching. I think the Donovan Mitchell thing, we all knew he was good. And to see him, to, I, I don't know. I mean, this looked like a rookie Donovan where he was surprising us. And we weren't, we weren't, there was things that Donovan did to where you watch like, Oh my gosh, we got one of those dudes. And we've never had one of those dudes. I mean, Williams, Williams had flashes, Stockton and Malone were different style of players, but we never had a dude like that. And we saw that again where he was he was I a dude. I totally agree. And then he's, the one thing that, I, that, that I didn't realize was, you know, I, I wanted to watch the Connolly experiment. And, and I guess this is this is going to be a snapshot from just just the moments I saw. Mm-hmm. But I, I thought I thought that I because I was super curious. Is Connolly ever going to be worth the money? That's a whole different discussion for a different day. But did Connolly seem to fit well in the games that I watched in the playoffs when he was back? I thought he fit w- very well. The thing is, is people can criticize Connolly, but when when Donovan is going to be so dominant with the ball and he's going to be scoring fifty points, Connolly is going to you know pick and choose his spots. But I thought he spelled it very well in those moments where you could tell that Donovan needed a little bit of a breath for a second, and then Connolly would go and hit a couple threes, driving his floater finally fell for the first time in three years. I've never actually seen it go in. <laughs> uh, and and, and the, the three point shooting was great. And let's not forget the alley oop towards the end of the game to uh, to Rudy was a, was a, was a phenomenal look. Um, and I, I just thought he felt again, again, ignoring the money. I just, I think that for me, that was for someone who hadn't been watching as closely or only seen Connolly early when it just, it wasn't fitting, but that opens up another door. He fit because Bohan wasn't there. So what is, I don't know. Again, there's, we talked a lot about that, but for me, there was Donovan, Donovan's a dude. He can be a dude. And then I think that Connolly can fit here as long as the other parts are correct. I don't know that maybe Conley, I'm sure, did some reflecting and some evaluation. He almost had a mini offseason, which helps. But I also think because some of those other pieces were not there, it, it changed everyone's roles. And, you know, we had obviously uh, Boner's got the broken wrist, and uh, we obviously didn't have Joe Ingles this series. I Did, did, did he go to leave? Did, 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 did his wife have his baby? Is that why she wasn't there? <laughs> He, he wasn't. 
Ingles Ingles wasn't here this series, right? He was out with a childbirth or something. Yeah, you watched the game yeah. yesterday, so you knew he, <laughs> he played well yesterday for the most hey, part. Hey, I, I, um, love, I love Joe. I mean, Aria's got a Joe Ingles jersey, but I think the sun is setting very rapidly on the Joe Ingles. Yeah, yeah and um, I don't know how to feel about that. Honestly, I really don't. I mean, I, I've been kind, I've been kind of I've been kind of towing that line this year too. Like, uh, like hey guys, like I love like I like I think that Joe Ingles is a man that. Is probably overpaid at the at the moment, but I am very happy to overpay Joe Ingles because I think he what he brought to the state of Utah for the past few years, and he deserves. I mean, it's only, I mean, uh, only in quotes, fourteen ish million dollars, and I, I get it, and it does suck that it, the Jazz won't have that money, but Joe Ingles is probably not a guy that should be starting for the Jazz. Joe Ingles should be maybe a guy that is going to have to learn to come off the bench, um, uh, especially if... Uh, well, he's, he's done it before. I don't think he really has that much of a problem with it. Yeah, uh, well, he also wasn't very effective when he came off the bench as well. So yeah, it's been a super big struggle. I mean, that's the thing is we all... There was a lot of... Obviously, Connolly caught a lot of the heat because he's the big the big high-priced yeah, acquisition. The big name, high-priced. There was, there was yep. Yeah, there was as much frustration with where Ingles disappeared to, you know, obviously on a, on a, on a lower level because... He's Ingles, and we like you said, we've got that love and that history for the guy. No matter what happens, he's always going to go down as an all-time favorite jazzy man for me. I mean, just because of the things he's accomplished in the last few years. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and, and, he, and he, he still has value. It's just it's one of those tricky things that, uh, you know, he, he didn't – he was – you know, Connolly had injuries and struggles, and, and really the thing is Ingles always played best when one of those two those two other guys was out. Can uh, I, it was that, that, that's when Ingles would return, right? Can I make sort of an observation slash comment? Not necessarily on Joe, but kind of continuing in the same vein of this sort of discussion. Um, so Roy Singles kind of. Or what, was Singles. That? <laughs> <laughs> what was that? I'm sorry. Roy O'Neill. Uh-huh. Yeah, he was like Joe. He was kind of a ghost. <laughs> um, no, he, no, he was. De- he was definitely there. He was actually making an impact on the game, just not the direction we hoped it would have been. <laughs> <laughs> Hitting the High Notes is an Unwrapped Sports Partner Podcast. Check out the new live streaming show, Unwrap This, on Twitter. And follow Unwrapped Sports, at Unwrapped Sports, on Twitter and IG. So Royce, um, oh, he's already starting to get hate for that contract, man. And he's not even getting paid that much. He's like... What making thirteen yeah, well, million I mean, a year or something? Awesome. Did, did I call? Did I call Logan that on your podcast? That. I call it on Sasquatch. I call that as somewhere. I call that voice. At it's least an, one of the, it's yeah. the AK forty seven effect, man. People are Abs- absolutely jazz men get Greg, paid. Greg Ostertag and people got it too. get pissed. Yeah, he did, but but that was before social media. So <laughs> I guess I um, guess AK sure was technically media. before social media too. I don't know. <laughs> uh, MySpace days. Um, yeah, oh, that's true. MySpace. Yeah, so Logan did mention this, and and yeah, uh, I I was gonna bring this up too. Like, um, uh, Royce and Joe, they played like they they didn't play great, but also you know you, you expect them to just kind of do their jobs. And Royce um, uh, was up and down, uh, for real. Um, and yeah. Joe uh, had some moments, but also like you know, and and that's the thing is that we we talk about the perimeter defense for the Jazz just being really like the the defense for the Jazz in this playoff series was pretty horrendous. Um, yeah. and even Rudy Gobert, um, uh, disappeared at points, but the, oh, the problem yeah. is that the jazz don't have the personnel to really, I mean, the, the nuggets had a lot of good personnel and were, were able to put the jazz in their own blender. 
Um, you know, we went, the Jazz went three and a half games not knowing who was going to guard Jamal Murray because um, uh, everyone they tried just, kept, you know, Royce, Joe, Donovan, Mike Conley, they were all, they all got burned. And um, uh, um, it'll be interesting to see what the Jazz do this offseason because you, you, you want, you hope that Royce is going to get back to being uh, one of the best defensive stoppers in the league. Uh, you hope that Joe Ingles can become. Or, or back, back into form to, a little bit, yeah. Just saying, not even back to like stopping, you know, Paul George. Paul George, um, uh, enough to like <laughs> put him out there for twenty minutes and 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 play at a, a high level, uh, right. you know, off the bench, right, and, and not and, be uh, so streaky and yeah. Hopefully, two um, uh, two uh, offseason acquisitions away from shoring up that defense and making it easier for the Jazz to to run what they want to run. Um, Logan, yeah, also made a really good- I, I, I mean, absolutely. I, I think that, I mean, we're, we're making some, some Royce and some Ingles references, but those are still two dudes that are definitely worthwhile. And, and the guys we want on our team. Oh, yeah, uh, absolutely. Just, yeah. I mean, yeah. Niang's a whole different conversation because the guy shouldn't be playing, <laughs> but, but those, those, those two are definitely, again, once you get the right pieces around them and put them in the right spots. Yeah. I don't want to get it misconstrued as those guys aren't dudes I want on the team. Those are absolutely part of what you have to build on. Cause if you subtract those guys, You've got yeah, to add and it, what, they, what they provided then a little bit more. So they're part of that. You know, you, I think we've all talked hypothetically about what are the Jazz missing. Yeah. The Jazz are missing X and X, but that also includes keeping – and it's, it, that, that, that includes Royce and Joe in that mix. Right. Yeah. And, and so, you know, the more I think about it – I'm sorry, I don't mean to – I just kind of want to jump off of what Logan said. But the more I think about it, it makes you wonder, like, um, did – did Joe and Royce look worse because we're missing those other pieces, basically? Because so they're having to try to do more than just them could do. I don't know, you know, because no, well, defense say, isn't always an individual thing; it's a team defense. And so maybe, you know, having you other, other pieces, pieces on the well, 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 you have a guy like Niang on the floor hurting you defensively, and then you know another guy has to try to cover for some of his deficiencies, well, and and then sometimes that spirals out of control. Uh, Mike Conley, Bojan, and and Donovan are also like Donovan showed some real Undersized. grit in the last yeah. couple of games, but right. those you know I, I think if we look at defensive rating for Donovan Conley and Bojan Bogdanovic, you know this season it's going to be in the negative. So now you got Royce and Joe trying to cover, but Bojan's you know, not even in holes. the series. So let's just worry right, I mean, about I mean, the guys season. that played in the series. So no, um, uh, <laughs> but, but, sure. but even like yeah, that means you. That means you can make no Derek Favors references for the rest of the podcast. <laughs> I wasn't planning like, on making any of those. Like, well, are we, saying, we're not we even talking like offseason acquisitions. Don't don't like this, Jared. You've been thinking about Favors the entire time we've been talking. <laughs> hey, I can think about him. I can be looking at this poster of him. No, I'm just kidding. I don't have a poster <laughs> in front. Of him. Oh. But um, uh, if Boyan's there, does that, does that mean? I mean, that doesn't help the defense. So, I mean, I think it I'm helps. I'm not saying it does. I I think it would help the offense. Well, but yeah, I don't yeah. But I'm just saying like defense. It, it, it wasn't going to make Royce and and uh, and Joe play Jamal Murray any better. No, so, I know. I that's why we were talking about if you, how we're missing pieces. You already pieces. relegated yourself to shootout mode, though, because that's true. It wasn't going to make the defense better. You're absolutely right. But if you're already yeah. having a shootout, why not have more shooters? I mean, if yeah. you're already going 120, 130, I, it, it, I mean, no one really knows how it would play out. But, I mean, if it's going to be a shootout and you're already not playing defense, just go rocket style and okay. put as many, as many shooters <laughs> out there as you can, right? So now, uh, because, if, we, if we're going to go rocket style, right? 
Go ahead. Some, Sorry. Of the, some of this, some of the heaviest criticism. I mean, obviously there was some of the, the, the obvious blunders on Royce's part defensively, but a lot of there was, I mean, equally there was as many, the, you guys have been great and who you've been banging the drum all year, shoot the ball, Joe Ingles. And then <laughs> on top, and then Royce O'Neill caught it like a huge, a huge, that was like game five where he caught the case of the yips right yeah so if, if we're if we're claiming defensively he's not stopping anybody so it wouldn't matter if it's him or bohan right so that's a wash uh let's just let, yeah. <laughs> let's just let everyone keep shooting okay right. so 140 um uh so let, let's say the jazz and these are not real numbers say, let's say the jazz were like after all everything's all said then we're like the you know 10th best offensive team this year uh, and shootout mode, we, we right? were something like that. Yeah, we were and, pretty high but up there. But what if like their defense, like their defense last year went from top three to they felt we like to t- we went to like fifteenth or so. Yeah, I was gonna say like they felt they felt pretty average, right? Yeah. Uh, and like if you have the tenth best offense and the you know fifteenth best defense, it doesn't that doesn't sound like a a a, a, a recipe for a champion, uh, an NBA champion. I think, so defense, I think our offense might have been a little bit better than tenth, though. I can't. Remember. Okay, let's say eight. I mean, I mean, but they weren't top five, right? No, no, I don't think so. Let's say we'll say eighth, but for the top so, three-point shooting team, though. So, here, so here's what here's you go into the offseason, and you can either make a couple moves to get both, like you know, go from eighth to sixth, maybe, and to go from fifteenth to twelfth. It's still sort of mediocre. Uh, uh, when you think about it in the long run, or you can just add pieces and say, you know what, like look at the rock. I mean, the Rockets are actually pretty good defensively, surprisingly. Um, but they they also went to a different style of a ball. And, 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 and well, so plus were the, they, so were the, Roko were the is a huge addition for them, man. The, All right. And, and what was that, Logan? I'm sorry. No, and so and so were the Warriors, and that's what as you're saying, that's what I was thinking about. Is maybe I mean maybe it's just a, a way of just relooking at the and a lot of people who are analy- an, analytically driven look at it differently. Our traditional view of defense may not be what it was. I mean, those Warriors teams, I could be wrong. I'm pretty sure, but they were historically great defensive teams too. With with yep. with essentially when it came down to crunch time, having a, a six foot four, maybe Draymond Green playing the center position. Oh, he's so, taller than that. He's six, like four six. and a he's half. Like, no, no. between six 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 eight, man. Here, here's here's what I, here's what's interesting about height is is uh, you, you ever like really look at the I, this hit me one time. You ever watch the players they walk off the court and they're all standing in the huddle? Like when you look at these the tops of these dudes' heads, like the difference between six foot and six four six six is like it's so negligible. Like it, it doesn't look that visually difference, but it, it's like that we 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 and mentally. In our Sometimes minds, the wingspan you... matters more. No, that's than... that's true. But what I'm saying is, like, it's just, it's just interesting where we we put height on things. That's a weird uh, philosophical thing that my mind right. goes to. But when you look at it, it's not it's not like if you saw a five. It's not like putting Muggsy next to a six foot eight guy. It's oh like yeah. It's like when well, they all stand in the huddle, they're like all the same height. But hey, this guy is Derek Favors. He only plays down low and he bangs. And he's got the same. He's the, almost the same exact body type as uh, I don't know Royce, and they they play different positions. It's just it's fascinating to see how height is or is what it is. Yeah. But I think that you're seeing the Warriors, okay, even if Draymond's 6'8", I mean, historically, you got to have a seven-foot center, right? That's the way you have to do it. That's just, yeah. that's the old NBA model. So, I mean, I, I think the model that, like, you know, if you can become a top five in both offense and defense, that's obviously the way you want to go. Can okay, the Jazz do that? Can the Jazz do that in one offseason? Uh, he is 6'6". Six, six. Yes. So um, we, we, were, we were both correct. 
I think six four. I think six four was a, a very good exaggeration for the to to emphasize the point to make him um, being short. Yeah, it was a voice on the light. Yeah, but um, uh, so so like, if, I mean, if the Jazz could get to the top five offensive defense next year, great. But if they can't, would you rather them try to go for, to be the number one offensive team in the league, if they made made them like the twenty fourth defensive team in the league, or would you oh, try to make no. them? So would you rather them be like they are this year, like eight and fifteen again? Uh, do I want them to be number one offensively and twenty fourth defensively? Mm-hmm. First of all, if you're if you're twenty fourth defensively, I'm assuming Rudy Gobert is not on the team. Uh, well, I mean, well, look look at what happened this year with the Jazz. They, they well, what I'm saying is like, I mean, the Jazz this year had Rudy Gobert, and they, I mean, it didn't make them an automatic top ten. Well, so, you can't be an automatic top ten when you defend on the wing as badly as we do. Exactly, that's what I'm saying. Like, so if, are the, if the Jazz, the Jazz can make some moves this year, and they can either you know get maybe incrementally better and not move at all, or they can just go all in on one side of the ball. I don't, no, I don't. I don't think that's a. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm not into that philosophy. Uh, well, I, I mean, those are two. So, those are your two choices I'm giving you. Either you know. Mediocre balanced. eight fifteen or one and twenty four. Those are your options. Balanced, more balanced. I feel so, like that eight and fifteen thing is more balanced. So this team next year, you feel confident? Um, uh, Not they, this exact team, but yes, this core. I mean, it's going to be similar. Like I'm a, you know, oh, again, of course it's going to be similar. Like it's it, only going to be negligible how about differences. The, the, jazz, the Jazz team that you saw in the playoffs. The exact same team. Yeah, basically, so, you know, you add Boyan in there, so you take a little bit of Donovan scoring away. You give it to Boyan; they're scoring at a little bit higher clip. You're but telling me, you're telling me, I can't add anybody. Well, we've got, also got internal development. So if Brantley gets gets playing well, time, or again, this is, gets this playing is, this time, is a hypothetical that the Jazz, even if they do everything correctly again, they just don't get that much better. Like I mean, it's a you know, you you can get better, we, but you can we also, could find a Lou Dort, and then I think all I, of a sudden. We do have one. His name is Royce O'Neal. Um, <laughs> I don't know if Lou Dor- I would equate Lou Dort and Royce O'Neal as the same player. Like okay. Lou well, Dort what, seems like a bigger player to me. Like yeah, he's bigger. He's got a that's, bigger build. He's got a true. yeah. Yeah, but like, what is his play? His play style is defensive stopper that can hit threes, right? Open threes. All right, is yeah. Lou Dort going to be your the second superstar on the team, or is he um? Uh, that rotational player that you put on the best offensive player and the defense is going to leave them open because it's the best option for the defensive team to. Yeah, leave. but that's what we need is we need that defensive stopper. I don't feel like Royce is enough by himself to. Uh, he used to be. What do you mean? He, how did he used to be? How do you uh, figure? He's, he's, he's the jazz's guy that, you know, Royce takes the hardest defensive assignment every, um, every game. I mean, you put Royce. They put Royce on Jamal Murray a bunch of times. They put Royce on Jokic when uh, Rudy Gobert was out. Yeah, you know? and last year we we were putting uh, we were putting Dante Exum on on James Harden. Okay, yeah, Royce didn't take every single assignment always for since he started on the team. I'm not sure what the point is you're making. I have, I'm confe- the point. I, have a, I, have, I have a confession to make, and this goes back many years. I don't ever watch defense. Um, people, people comment. I mean, I know that's happening, but I've never like broke it down to figure out like what's going on, like who's playing good defense or who doesn't. Cause anytime I try to lock it in, it seems like people are always getting run by them. Cause I remember it goes back to the Boozer Williams days. Like they always criticize Boozer and memo as being horrible 
the, the horrible, horrible defenders. But like, I can't, I just, my mind doesn't understand defense because it felt like they're always running past Darren Williams constantly. I'm like, how is that their fault? I, I, I don't understand what defense even means. So uh, give me the number one offense. Yeah. And uh, yeah, sorry. We're going to get back, get back to that me, point. Give me, give me seven seconds or less. Make it five seconds or less. Yeah. Just, just <laughs> give it a couple seconds or less and jack it up. Cause, cause that's the, where I'm, I'm falling off, fun. off season is that, you know, the jazz kind of, I mean, the jazz went from being a really good defensive team and they traded away or got rid of them. Uh, um, guys that made that team, you know, the glue, right. Crowder favors, uh, Rubio. And they, they added the, the other way. And the, their, their hope was to not drop off so far defensively and to gain some more off. And so they did that, but they dropped off way more defensively than they thought they were. And so where were, where, where were they at the previous couple of years? Like, I don't, I don't follow. Defensively, were like, we were like third I mean, well, place or so. Well, but I mean, I, I, but, but both sides of the ball, because I think that the, the whole well, point that oh, offense was trying to make sure it's got to be. I feel like their offense was probably about average, like, like average, below average, like 15 to 20, I think. It was like, the se- yeah, it was somewhere between seven, 15 to 20, yeah. yeah. So the Jazz were essentially a defensive team and known as being a defensive team, and it was just yep. defense, 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 and then let, whether it was Joe Johnson or Donovan Mitchell just try to close it out down the stretch, so. Right. I, I, uh, yeah. it, was, it was mostly just uh, Jay Crowder threes is what it was. Yeah, <laughs> so. Yeah, missed threes. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, I want, yeah, I mean, like you said, the Jazz probably assumed that, hey, you know, we, we, we've been a great defensive team for for the last X amount of years, but we got to do something more because it's not getting us over the hump. And I don't know that – I don't know. I, I don't – that's a really complicated question because um, obviously they, they never would have made the moves assuming they were going to just be middle of the road in both. I just think right. you need to – you just need to – it may just be as simple as just adding more – who your question was, which one would you pick? Well, I think it's just about adding more versatility to the roster. And my, my statement on the, have the oh, shootout, I'm with having, the, yeah, have, have the, having the shootout with the nuggets wasn't necessarily a philosophy. I know I'm running with it now. Cause that's what I'll do is just be the, the, the clown who runs with the take. But uh, I, my, my, my thought more or less was just in that series. Cause it, it, it's, it, you know, every, every series is different than the others. And, and all I'm saying is, is that, is that model sustainable? Like, for a full season, no, we, it's it's never really worked. But in, in that particular situation, if you have some versatility on your roster, you can supplement it in those pieces. And I think that that maybe that's where the, the the biggest downfall was. There just hasn't been much versatility. I mean, obviously the bench, not only was the bench just not what we thought it was going to be, but there was a lot of people doing a lot of the same things. I mean, we, it's kind of been driven into the ground that you've got four ball dominant guys, right, who do some not exactly the same, but do a lot of the similar things. And so there's not really it doesn't seem to be a ton of versatility, not only lack of depth, but um, just not, I don't know. They, they just need some different, you got to have different options just because every team is not going to be the same and every series isn't going to be the same. You have to have an identity, but you've also got to be able to just, I don't know, do some different things at times. I don't, yeah, I don't know. A little really, malleable. Really, really, yeah. I don't know that really going off the reservation completely. Is that, I don't know if that's a sensitive, insensitive term or not. I don't know. Uh, um, but uh, that, that, that it just—I don't know—the the Nugget, not the Nuggets. Oh, gross! Uh, the, uh, ro- the Rockets, the, the Rockets, the Dino the Nuggets. Have, the- yeah, yeah. The Rockets have really went for it and leaned into it, but they've never won. They, I mean, I guess I, my, I should say Mike D'Antoni. The D'Antoni philosophy, while exciting, has never produced a championship. So I don't—I mean, I don't know that you can go that way. And I don't know the NBA allows rules. And, and the flip side being, I don't know the NBA wants defensive-minded teams to be dominant. They put a lot of rules in place that prevent that from happening right and they're really put they push the 
the Warriors and the Curry effect and everything else. And I don't know that they want to go backwards. Just it's the same as every sport. No, all sports are trying to get away from defense and offense. So I don't, I just, I don't know. Versatility, balance. Thanks for listening to this episode. Also, thanks to our Utah sponsors, the Off-Broadway Theater in downtown Salt Lake and the Great Room Escape in Layton, Utah. If you have a second, please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and all other podcast platforms. It helps us podcast out, and we will enter all written five-star reviews into a drawing for free tickets to either the Off-Broadway Theater or the Great Room Escape. Just write a five-star review, and you'll be entered to win. All right, so let's uh, let me phrase phrase it in a different way. So, um, the season the the favorites, the obvious favorites of the season, are and were the Lakers, Clippers, and Bucks all year, right? Uh, is that is that too far out there? No, that's that's spot on. Okay, then you have um uh, then you have like the guys who like the Celtics, the Sixers, and the the Rockets were like the, like the the really interesting teams. Like, okay, these guys really could take someone to the limit and, and break through um, uh, the Celtics, the Sixers and the the Rockets all year. I would say, is there anybody else I'm missing from that group? Like legit contenders, I should say, is that, is that group? Uh, people, people's talked about the Raptors in that respect, which, Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'll get the Raptors. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll you know, the Raptors, I, I, I can agree with that. Which so. I, which, which I'm starting to think that they're looking pretty suspect right now <laughs> uh they've had a couple bad games but um uh, you know again yeah who uh, knows who knows but, I mean, but let's take i'm mean, taking it all on a whole you know like right not right, just right, the last right. couple of games but like all year like the i mean in the bubble the raptors looked amazing you know yeah it's true so we so we got a group of seven you know we had the three of like the you know the 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 big predominant favorites then you had about four in that next tier of like really interesting contenders and then we have this like mush here where like like the Nuggets, right? The Nuggets are on this mush where um, I don't have the stats again. I think the Nuggets were a very good offensive team this year with a lot of depth, and um, uh, they weren't great defensively. You know, I mean, I guess when you have, when you have guys like Nikola uh, Jokic, Jamal Murray, you know, MPJ, guys, that you're not going to be great defensively, even though they have Jeremy Grant, Torrey Craig, Gary Harris. Like, there's not a great defensive team, but they're a very good offensive team. Are uh, the the Nuggets are seem to be the top because like they're they're third seed. Uh, they were second seed last year in the West. They made it to the second round two years in a row now. Um, they're Western Conference Finals. Uh, they're almost a Western Conference Finals team. Are, are the Jazz in that same tier as, as the Nuggets? Because the Jazz, you know, you know, let's look at seedings: sixth seed this year, fifth seed last year, fifth seed the year before that. Um, I, I know that we're Jazz fans, but do we do the Jazz hit that same level as the Nuggets? I don't know. I felt like. Um... Like a lot, of, especially after after Bojan was out for the year, I felt like a lot of me me. I I mean, even me, I was like, oh man, I, I don't even know if we're gonna make it out of the first round. <laughs> and you know, we came close. Uh it was a tough call. I mean, I think in that series we showed we're like on on par with the Nuggets, but. You know. And maybe the Nuggets are just, or the Jazz are just a bad matchup for the Nuggets. I don't know. Logan, what do you think about? Like the Nuggets have had pretty good success the last couple of years, and the Jazz have had success too, but just not at the same level as the Nuggets. Yeah, I, I believe they're in the same tier as the Nuggets. The Nuggets, the Heat. That I guess maybe that third tier, a couple pieces away from being in the second tier. 
Uh, yeah, I mean the the Jazz have done some weird things. I mean they've they've had like we said before they've had some moments of being unbelievable and they have some moments of being absolutely terrible. Um, I I think they're in that tier, but that's still two tiers below where we want to be. So, right. I mean it is what it is. I don't I don't. Yeah, definitely definitely below. I think you I think you've got the top two tiers slotted correctly, but if you're hanging out in tier three, you're still that's not where we want to be. Yeah, and, and as Jazz fans, like, and the thing is that like sustained success is it's hard. Like the Blazers almost missed the playoffs this year. Uh, it, it's hard. Like, and that was the Western Conference Finals team last year. A uh, sustained sustained success is something that you know people overlook as like you know the Jazz are mediocre. Like, give the, I mean, the Jazz are a top. I mean, it's hard. Like at the beginning of the year, I said you know just making the playoffs in the West is an accomplishment because there are so many good teams. Um, and like the teams that they, that they even make it, the Pelicans, uh, I guess the Suns, <laughs> the Suns are that the Kings, uh, the Grizzlies, like there's, there's going to be four new tough teams, uh, the Thunder, depending on what they do next year. Um, you know, so uh, I mean, the Jazz, I, I think the Jazz could fall out of that tier because like um, these young and upcoming teams, um, uh, they, everybody has a lot going for them. Uh, if the Jazz falter like they did this year. Um, and in a, in a in a season where they don't get a stretch where they win 19 out of 21 games or whatever it is to, to kind of you know secure their spot, uh, I mean they, they haven't really improved they haven't really broken through that ceiling that they said and if they break through the ceiling they still they're still two tiers away. Um, is is that okay to be just successful and to like not get to that 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 uh, that first tier because if you give super, if you give a supermax contract to Rudy Gobert. Then the max contract extension to Donovan Mitchell, which is uh, looks like it's coming. Um, in a couple of years, you're not going to have a lot of tools to um, uh, retool your roster, uh, refit the roster to get you know enough. Like this is an important offseason for the Jazz. So I guess what I'm saying is, uh, like you know, do do you just try to go for broke next year? Is it all in, or are you yes. all out? All in? Yes. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're, you, for all the reasons you pointed out, uh, you, you, you've got to go for it now. It's not to say you don't have another chance to go after you know Donovan later in his career because he's still younger, but you've got to go for it now. I mean, you've made you've made too many you've made too many commitments. And you're too pot committed at this point not to go in. The math says you got to go all in. Um, to, to to swing the question back your guys' direction, you guys have both been pretty big. To to you guys have both been pretty pretty upfront from the beginning, even when the offseason happened. That the Jazz, you know, this wasn't the year for them, anyways. That everyone had them overhyped as to what they thought that expectation would be. And it sounds like who? It sounds like you're even like you're pretty far down on them, though. You're you're saying they're all the way in tier three, and you don't know if you think the other teams are getting better. And well, I mean, what what? So does this mean that you're finally going to admit that this season was a failure? Is that what you're? Uh, oh yeah, that's, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> We're gonna bring that back. Um, I think I'm. Uh, so uh, yeah, we have talked about like next year, and I think. If the Jazz do it, then you know that's it. Like, because I guess the way I pose the question is, if the Jazz look like they're not going to break through next year, um, if the Jazz are, uh, and I, I don't know if I'm down. I, I I think the Jazz are exactly who I thought they were. I'm like, oh yeah, this is the team I thought they were going to be. Another team that's in the, and I, I don't think it's bad to be where the Jazz are because I think it's really hard to be that in the West right now to be a top. So did you? So so did you ever have an expectation then that? So like the ex the, the so that yeah that's that that's that's your that that's that that approach doesn't surprise you. So I guess what I'm saying is, what did you see 
as their as their potential because the, the, the thought was that you know this year wasn't a the year they got to learn they got to they got to they got to learn with each other this is a year a year of growth this is not the year to get hyped on it but what did you see them what did you see them as is, is this 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 is you're saying this is what you thought they were so I guess what I'm saying is from the beginning you didn't necessarily think that the moves of the pieces were the right ones to get into that those other tiers or or uh, yeah, I, I just think it's hard to question. I guess I thought uh, at the beginning of the year, I thought it was hard to like add, you know, uh, a Mike Conley and a boy on Bogdanovich team that uh, we, we've seen Quinn Snyder teams take a long time to mesh. Like when Quinn Snyder first came in, like they, they were, you know, one of the worst teams in the league. Uh, they, I mean, they got a top five pick out of it, right? That, that year. Um, and um, uh, yeah, it just takes a long time because like there's, there's a lot. I mean, a lot of people think that Quinn Snyder's offense is, is basic. It's just a very good way of running a basic offense. Uh, but you know, we've seen a lot of players come through and just not get it, not get it. And I was like, you know, we're at, they're, they're adding, you know, five new pieces to a team that's had a lot of longevity. And I thought that was, I thought that was just hard to overcome. Like, you know, we're, we're getting an older Mike Conley who's going to have to learn how to do things, you know, the Quinn Snyder way. Right. Uh, Boyan was, was better than I anticipated. Um, but the problem is that we, we didn't see playoff Donovan, until you know, obviously the playoffs. Going into next year, like okay, now we now we've seen Donovan reach this new ceiling. Can he stay? Because um, uh, we we've we've seen Donovan the last two years start off slow, right? His sophomore slump, quote unquote slump, and this year he was fine, but he he his averages from year two and year three are are pretty much the same. So we didn't, you know, I think a lot of people were like, oh, he's he's tapped out, he he's capped out, excuse me. Uh, this is, you know, he he's a 24 point scorer um, that doesn't, you know, you know, four four assist player game, and obviously we we've seen new heights now. So if you get that, if you can get Rudy Gobert um, uh, to play, you know, like he did two years ago every game, um, and if, if somehow the Jazz can figure out how to play perimeter defense with the guys they have now, not just you know, and, and a couple additions, I, I I'll say that, but like. If Mike Conley, Donovan, and Boyan can each get just uh, you know to average defensive ratings, um, this team could be dangerous. Uh, I, I I think they can get to that second tier. Like uh, oh, these guys could be really interesting. But I also think you know there's a wide range of um, uh, uh, possibilities that you know the Jazz just might uh, you know it just might not work. And if that's the case. Something like trading Rudy Gobert midseason might make sense to them if they, you know, they, they look at it and they're like, you know, been six seed for the first half of the season. The trading deadline comes around. They just look like they can't, you know, they they look like they were dejected like they were, um, uh, you know, before the uh, uh, COVID-19 hit. I think um, uh, something like trading Rudy Gobert should be on the table. So, that's so, 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 so you were, no, that's, that's fantastic. So you were you were in wait and see mode essentially. And you're still in wait and see mode is so, so nothing, nothing really th- th- this season didn't, didn't, didn't learn much. It's, it's you're still watching to figure out what this team is made of. It was, you, I guess I'm a, yeah. What, what I learned was, um, uh, I think I'm um, a, uh, that we we've seen all the fit, the pieces fit individually. Indiv- we haven't seen Boyan, Mike Conley, Joe Ingles, Donovan Mitchell, all those guys play well together. There's always been an injury. So that, that, that was unfortunate because I'm a, what we hoped to see this year was like, all right, those four guys, maybe if it started off rough, but they meshed by end of the season, like, all right, cool. Then you can go into next season 
saying, all right, we've seen them mesh all together, going all cylinders. You know, now all we need is, you know, the backup pieces. You need you need the backup four now. Now you need the the wing defender to spell um uh, to spell Royce O'Neill and um, uh, a backup whatever backup center. You know, um, and unfortunately we only got glimpses of each, and now we have to ask ourselves questions like, okay, you know, are the Jazz going to be able to put it all put it together again? Like with the Rockets, like you just don't have that many questions, right? Like you're like, all right, they're going to play this style and do this. Uh, with the um, uh, like, even the Celtics, like, all right, yeah, we we got our our four main guys, and we've got a good bench. Like, they have a philosophy, like they have an identity, and you were hoping to get that from the Jazz this year, and that's that's what's unfortunate is that we didn't get to see that this year. So, I don't know, uh, Jared. Unfortunately, unfortunately, dead on. And one thing you forgot too, and it just hit me, and now I want to throw up is the the Warriors are back next year too. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I don't the know. Number, the, the, the number two pick? The number two pick, I believe, correct? Uh-huh. Yeah. I, and that, that's hard. It's hard for you to, like, because the, the Warriors, what made them so scary for all those years was, you know, their big three, right? Uh, but they also had, like, just a, a super deep bench. You know, they, they just had guys coming to play for them uh, on, like, on, on pennies because they wanted to win the championship. And, you know, now the Lakers are back. Uh, I think it's going to be harder for the Warriors to find those type of guys and you know maybe the second pick without a mini without a real mini camp and training camp will come in and just light the world on fire with them and they're back but i think I'm a, they're gonna be they're, they're gonna have to fight for a playoff spot but who's window, who's, who's, who's windows closing faster them or the the lakers because LeBron's, uh, lebron's not getting any younger right um boy that's that is a good question uh, probably. I mean, but the Lakers still have some depth. Like they're they're, they're able to get to. Do they? Uh, I mean, like, and here, when they I say don't depth, feel like a deep team. Like when I say know. depth, I also mean like they can grab, you know. Oh, oh, okay. Whoever, like they they probably have Demarcus Cousins coming back to them on the veteran minimum next year. You know, like all right, well, yep. There's I another. Don't, I don't know how effective he's going to be. He didn't look that great for. For the Warriors I mean, and whatnot, you haven't seen yeah. you haven't seen them in two years. Is it like what that was like? What ten games for the Warriors and a yeah, few games for the Lakers? Is it two Achilles tears? I mean, or in a, I can't remember what his other one was. If it was, well, yeah. I don't know, man. He did the, 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 the Lakers are always just one off season away from completely reloading the entire thing. Yeah. Though, so again, I'm talking about yeah. a guy who's gonna take a, a million and a half, a former All Star. That's not that you know, not like ten years ago, like three that's years not, ago, former All Star. A million and a half isn't the vet minimum anymore. It's like two, two, two point one or something. I saw oh, Demarcus Cousins okay. at the LAX airport <laughs> sitting on the floor once. <laughs> really? That's that is so. Yeah, random. I did. We were, we were we were waiting for our flight, and he was just sitting over there with his buddies. Like that is certainly Demarcus Cousins. I was like, I'm a, uh, it doesn't matter what the minimum is. Like, if he takes a minimum, it, it you know doesn't matter. It's a minimum. You know what I'm saying? Like, it doesn't cost you anything to sign a guy, and you know he doesn't have to be the former All Star. He just has to be, you know, he has to be Dwight Howard. He has to be. I mean, Dwight Howard, Javon D- McGee. Dwight Howard so. has actually looked really good. Like he's that's what I'm saying. Better than yeah, he looks better than Cousins has in like three years. He has to that's look the like point though. Yeah. He has to look like the rock is Jeff Green, you know, like, you know, he, he doesn't have to like be an all-star. He just has to be really good on a vet minimum, you know? So uh, I, and I don't, I just don't, I don't have faith that he's an NBA player anymore. I just, I haven't seen it from him for like three years. So 
I mean, yeah, I can't believe that. I can't he looked awful for the Warriors. And everybody so much. <laughs> Uh, but I mean that, that was just one name. I'm just saying the, the Lakers will grab a DeMarcus Cousins or someone type player that will take a vet minimum to come play for them, and that will be you know, you know, someone that if the Jazz had it would be their sixth man, but for the Lakers might be their ninth man. You know what I'm saying? So th- they can grab that at any time. Just had to get the right bus in charge. Had to get Genie back in control, and it's all fine again. Yeah. So. I would say I'm a well, lucky ass. No, no. Well, as soon as no, she was in control, and then magic left. You had to get magic out of there too. <laughs> Jared, I'm uh, like uh, sorry, I, I filibustered that question, but I'm a uh, uh, jazz next year. Well, uh, how, how, what do you what did you learn this year to make you confident for next year? Um. Well, I think I learned that uh, this team adding some. You know, adding another piece to the wing and then shoring up back of center somehow, I think could be a really dangerous and really interesting team. Um, I mean, you you guys kind of covered it pretty much already. I mean, I have some pretty similar thoughts. Um, yeah, I think for the most part, I mean, it's just it's just an it's an interesting dy- dynamic going forward, and I really think that they could, you know, they could start cooking with gas if they. If, if everything goes well next year. I mean, we never know what's going to happen, and we don't even know when the season's going to start next year. Yeah, so. that, that is that is also like it might start. The 2020-21 season might just start in 21. Who knows? I mean, I saw an article today that said something like uh, that they were going to try distributing a vaccine this fall, and I was like, oh, that's that's new. I, yeah, I don't want to... I don't want to be in the first test subjects for that. I'll say that right now. <laughs> Some people are going to turn into like the Hulk or or Abomination. So yeah, but they won't have COVID. Um, <laughs> so who's so so Jared wants to cook with gasoline, and who just wants to cook with the charcoal? He just wants to slow, <laughs> slow roast it. Yeah, I mean, it's it, 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 I'm in a weird spot as a jazz fan because like you know I I really think Rudy Gobert is is great. I think he's one of the best jazz men to ever you know don the jersey. Well, he's um, obviously one of the best. Absolutely right. And um uh and I, I want him to you know get his bag and I want him and Donovan to play and be happy and do well for the Jazz. I just also think that you know if the Jazz don't do it in the next year, two years, and in a couple years Rudy Gobert makes you know 50, 45 to fifty million on a either max or supermax contract, you know you, you, you it's hard to retool as a small market team. You're not going to get cheap free agents um, uh, coming unless you're a true contender or at least in that interesting area. Um, and this year the jazz have a chance to retool and it might mean, you know, like, like, and I have said, this like, it might mean trading Boyan Bogdanovich while he still has um, uh, some value to find an identity, either be that, you know, like, you know, go get uh, Lou Dort and Jeremy Grant with the, the Boyan money or something, you know, I don't think um, that's possible. I, it's not, I'm just saying, but like, but I, I think you can find oh oh those type of players. Sorry, you can my find Wart slash Jeremy Grant type of players. Like th- those are out there. That's you what know? you meant. That's what yeah. you meant. Yeah. So, Sorry, I, I was I was looking at it as like specific guys. I was like, oh yeah. man. I mean, those guys are on different teams. You know. <laughs> there's so, yeah, like, yeah. No, I mean, there's there's yeah, there's 17 Grants though. There's 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 got to be one out there who wants to play for the Jazz. Well, well, I also forgot that that same Grant used to be. He used to be on the Thunder. 
He was on <laughs> yeah, the no. Thunder, and then he went to the Nuggets, I think. I don't even know. Yeah, yeah well, there's, there's actually, like, two or three of them, and none, and none of them are Horace's son, which is fascinating. <laughs> they're all, like, they're all, Horace is their uncle. I look and none of them are, of, like, related to Grant Hill either, right? What about, what about uh, <laughs> no. uh, Brian Grant, right? <laughs> yeah. Who? Well, I like, I like the Grant Hill joke because it's his first name. <laughs> oh, I, 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 I heard it. <laughs> no, I know. I, I said that's why I said I like it because I know you guys didn't because you didn't laugh. <laughs> I was confused. I thought it was one of those Ichiro type situations and Yao Ming situations that I was trying to. Great Hill, uh, uh, that's Hill, good, man. That's good. Uh, pulling the the China surname thing. Um, <laughs> so yeah, while only, we're on, only you know, only you can say that. Who? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, we can't get away with that. Oh, Two yeah. Wongs don't make a white. Um, uh, well, okay. <laughs> Who has the finest taunt? Yeah, we're gonna have to bleep that out. <laughs> yeah, this is uh, no, you, you get to own that one. Um, <laughs> well, 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 it just made me think of that. Yeah, that, hey. where the crusty the crown, clown bit where he uh, he uh, said that that is so bad, man. I don't, I can't even do I can't do that one because yeah, it's just, yeah. Uh, this it's is what happens. Terrible. This is what happens when Gary Unicorn's um, uh, Jazz After Dark is not is no longer around. We have to take up the match. Yeah, we have to fill it in. At, hey, at 12:30, I think we can fill that niche. We can fill that niche. Was there I mean, a niche there though? That's what I don't know. It, it fell off. Oh, that was no. The, yeah, Gary. But Gary's fantastic, man. He's hard. Yeah, Gary's, he's, he's got some great. big shoes to fill. Um, uh, that's gonna be our that's gonna be our first guest back on um, uh, Sasquatch Sports. What do you say there? I'm, uh, I'm oh, dude, it, you guys should totally it. have Gary on. He's yeah. great. Right down, he's um, right down the alley. He's the right mix. Well, we're gonna um, uh, end this uh, podcast with some racism. Um, uh, <laughs> Logan. Uh, uh, yeah, exactly. So uh, you can find Logan at Dragon Squatch. Um, uh, 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 Logan. I know that you're in the process of um, like kind of getting um, a, like a house together and everything, but as soon as that ha- that happens, Sasquatch 2.0 is coming back, isn't it? Yeah, let's let's kind of like tentatively shoot here for the next one of these next couple Saturdays coming coming up. Uh, yeah, no, it's just uh, we're actually uh, DJ's wrapping up our copious amount of Legos as I speak, so um, there's <laughs> it's, it should be happening tomorrow. And once we get that set up, it'll be nice to be able to get back to. I don't know if we have an audience. I don't know if there's people asking for us. I don't know, but we're going to do it anyways. They're yeah, they're begging. But, I mean, we, we never really cared anyways. So. Yeah, hey, they, they, they don't. It's, it's, it's DJ made her first cameo on the show. Yeah. Has she not been on High Notes before? I could have sworn she's She has not been on High Notes. Um, uh, I, I want to ask her how her first heartbreak as a jazz fan <laughs> went. Because uh, we all remember our first. So, um, <laughs> We'll go to this is 49. I'm a... Uh, uh, you know, it's 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 been an interesting jazz season. Uh, it's been uh, you know we're in season three of the podcast now apparently, and um, you know it's uh, we're we're two seasons down with the jazz. Uh, it's been fun to watch. It's been fun to talk about. Uh, and here's the hoping that you know better things are ahead for the, for the Utah Jazz, right? Absolutely. Also, I would just like to to say one last thing because in honor of DJ making her first appearance, she said on her second, favorite tweeter. Let me get the dump button ready, just in case something happens. Sir. <laughs> you're gonna dump. You're gonna dump. Yep. You're gonna dump on me. What? <laughs> she said this I'm a favorite this, tweeter. This I don't know what happened. She, it went she, from she, she, it went from her like uh, she was saying, Jared, you left me <laughs> at Takuria 27. <laughs> to, to, it was, to you're my it favorite was, tweeter. <laughs> it was 
the turning point was Bohan Shaft. Yeah, as yeah, as absolutely. As that as was pretty funniest. Uh, Honestly, that the, her turning that into art with the uh, with Utah Jams. Oh man, we should have Utah Jams on the show. That'd be and fun. that's a and that's a story, folks, that you'll hear on Sasquatch Point 2.0. <laughs> yeah, that, that, two point Yeah, the premiere. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're yeah, rebranding. Story, we're rebranding ourselves. We're rebranding. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but we are rebranding actually, so that's kind of funny. Um, all right, guys, thank you for joining. Um, uh, it's been it's been fun. Follow us at Jazz High Notes on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook, uh, and probably MySpace. Yeah, I think Logan's gonna set up our MySpace page for that. Yeah, uh, for sure. And uh, Facebook's a great place to be these days. I hear. Oh, is it MySpace? <laughs> I, I don't know. I haven't been on Facebook ever. So, but I hear it's a oh, cool place. It. Gotcha, gotcha. It's a, you know, yeah, there's, there's a movie about it. Uh, folks, I'm a, thanks. I'm a really sorry. I mean, Mike Conley's shot, uh, you know, it, it, honestly, still one of the best moments. Like, if, if he hits that shot, okay, real quick, last question. What would have, <laughs> what, what would have been a better shot? Joe, uh, Joe Johnson, uh, game winner, or Mike Conley, series winner? Oh, man. that I would have had to go with the Conley shot, man. That would have been epic. Definitely Conley, yeah. No, I mean, a, a series winner is always huge. Conley. Yeah, that, that's the thing is that I, I think after I phrase that, I was like, oh, it's a series winner. That's a series winner. I mean, because that was a game one winner. But still, that Joe Johnson shot. Still still the number two it, best buzzer beater in Utah Jazz history. Well, it's still, you know, it's, it's and actually Conley may be number two and more actual fitting of, of a representation of Jazz fans because it was just the tip. It wasn't all the way in there. And... Uh, <laughs> Uh, well, we, it's because we never win the championship, guys. It's because we never get the title. We're always yeah, just I, really I, good. I get it. Yeah, really we're nice. always on the cusp. Yeah, yeah we're, we're always, always on the, the ver- precipice. We're always on the verge. And, the verge, uh, the precipice. The oh man, I got one, so it, one of my favorite pastimes, and sometimes I do it intentionally, not unintentionally, is when who tries to sign off from a podcast, and we just keep him, keep him going, and get him sidetracked so it lasts twenty <laughs> more minutes. Honestly, uh, it was pretty amazing that like. Yeah, you got him to ask another question. It was great. This podcast is this podcast is just soaking now, folks. All right, um, uh, thanks, folks. Uh, this is why we don't do podcasts at twelve thirty at night. We'll see you guys next time. And that's such press points two point folks. And um, uh, thanks for joining us. We'll see you guys. You started off with going with making inch references and things of that nature. So I, yeah, I was I was we like, came up oh a my goodness, just short. I'm like, oh my god, like I can't do this. <laughs> I kept it in as long as I could, and then I finished with the tip. I just couldn't resist. Hey, honestly, uh, for the most part, I think our audience is not going to be shocked by that. You know, hey, we've lost so many listeners in the past like month. Anyway, I'm like, who cares?